It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning, 69 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful in doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. I had a nice visit last night with Joe Lample, the host of Growing a Greener World television show. Joe and I were at a, at a meeting, uh, actually an after-hours get-together, I guess you would call it, of the Garden Writers Association, and a bunch of people from all over the country, folks who write for magazines and newspapers and blog and do other things with gardening um, education were here. And we went out together, and I saw Joe, and we just had a nice conversation. Joe, of course, uh, is my guest expert here on the show whenever he can. Whenever I'm out of town, I do appreciate that. And Joe Lample, one of those guys that really does a great job educating gardeners about how to grow a greener world. Let's go to the phones. Rita has been waiting patiently in Sonoy, and now she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rita, good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Oh, you were talking last week about the... uh uh, rising Sun Redbud Oh, yes, I did. I want to know a little more about it and where you plant it, what, you know, what kind of location and that kind of thing. The one that I saw, oh, it's been almost a year now, was down in Savannah at the uh, historic bamboo farm down there, which is a nice big botanical garden outside of Savannah. And it was growing in close to full sun. It may have been in full sun. And if you can grow a red bud in full sun in Savannah, you can grow it anywhere you want to here in Atlanta, Rita. So I don't think the shade is going to do it any favors. I don't think you would do like some red buds, which seems to do better in shade. I think with yeah. rising sun, I would certainly give it five, six, seven hours of full sunshine during the day. I think it would be fine. Okay. Well, what would be also uh, some plants to plant around it? Mm, I talked this morning about hellebores, the Lenten rose would be a nice plant underneath it. Ferns, autumn fern would be pretty to grow underneath it. Um, mm -hmm. What else? Japanese painted fern. I'm, I'm appreciating my Japanese painted fern right now, so I just throw that in there because I really like it. You can get that from Pike Nursery around town. Um, uh -huh. Boogity, boogity, boogity. A juga would be a pretty ground cover underneath. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. I really do. Rising so, sun. What a pretty I, red bud. I think I want one of them. <laughs> I know you do. After you get one, you'll be very proud of yourself. <laughs> okay. Enjoy it, Thank Rita. Thank you very much. Sure. We'll see you. Yep. It's whose turn? It's Jeff's turn. Jeff's in Athens and joins us. Hey, Jeff. Good morning. Hey, Mr. Walter. How are you doing? Good night. What's going on? So, um, I got a two-part question. I have two invasive plants. I have a trumpet vine, and I also have sumac um, in our yard, and I was just trying to figure out the best way to eradicate them. Both of them are difficult, but not impossible. Um, when you say you've got a lot of them, does that mean you have five plants or 500? Where are we looking here? No, it's probably total. We had our yard regraded, and I probably had, the sumac was pretty mature. Yeah. Um, I probably had seven trees, oh, okay. um, and then the trumpet vine was also pretty healthy, and we probably had uh, at least eight to ten um, rooted plants yeah. on a fence line. 
the easiest thing to do on the sumac, I think for both of them, I think this is the easiest thing to do, is when you have a plant, simply cut it off as close as you can to ground level and immediately spray Roundup or Brush Be Gone, one or the other, on the cut mm -hmm. stump. And that absorbs back into the trunk and roots of the tree. It won't completely eliminate new sprouts, but it'll go back into the root far enough that you'll get diminishment of how much resprouting you'll get. And then as new sprouts come, and they may come a few here and there around the place, cut them back, paint them with Roundup too. And it doesn't take very long to eliminate sumac or trumpet vine pretty quickly that way. Yeah, I think the problem that we have um, is runners on both plants. They're mm -hmm. sending runners everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and I can't, I don't have a miracle for you. It's simply cut it back and paint the roundup on. Okay. Usually a two-person job, one to cut, one to paint, one to cut, one to paint. <laughs> you still around, you know, 30 minutes later, you got it all done. Yeah, what's the window of time um, as far as when you cut and when you paint? It should be like within a, 10 minutes. I don't want it to heal over it all. I want a nice, fresh cut there. Okay. Sounds good. All, all right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah. your time. Good luck with it. All right. Joy, speaking of luck, let's talk with Joy in Georgetown and ask about luck down there. Hey, Joy. Welcome. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. So what you got, Joy? I got a bunch of cow ants and wondered what to do about them and... Are they poisonous, or what do they do if they bite? When you have a cow ant, now describe to us, describe for our listening audience what a cow ant is. Well, it's a huge red ant, about probably an inch long, and it's orange-colored with uh, furry-looking, yeah. and it's just almost impossible. You can't smash them. you got to <laughs> cut them in half to kill them. <laughs> Be careful, Joy. Uh, first thing, let's uh, clear up a little bit of misinformation. It's not an ant. I know it looks like an ant. I know it's fuzzy okay. and red and orangish looking, and it's an inch long, just as you described. Yet it is a wingless wasp of all things, and it's, so oh. it's not an ant but a wasp. And the people who study things like this describe its bite or its uh, sting, actually, as one of the most painful that you will endure. So if you're going to kill a, uh, a cow killer ant or a velvet ant, some people call it too, be careful, Joy. Do not let that thing sting you or you will remember that for a long time. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. And uh, one more thing. What is it they feed on? Um, cicadas. One of the things that they feed on are bumblebees and cicadas, both of which have underground oh. um, uh, nests. And so the, I'm trying to remember, is it the male or the female? It must be the female because she's the one with the stinger. Um, go in and feed on them somehow and lay their eggs on their, on their paralyzed bodies underground. I can't remember exactly how they work. But nonetheless, the things I do remember is, A, yes, it'll bite you and, or sting you, and B, it's a wasp. Now you've exhausted okay. everything I know, Joy. Thank you. Appreciate right. the invitation. Enjoy you so much. Thank you, ma'am. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's 8.13, and that gives uh, Vicki in Hampton down in Henry County a chance. Hey, Vicki, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How can I help? Okay, I actually have a weed question. Um I inherited a little house from some people, and they've had planted different flowering things. I have a lot of volunteers coming up, but I planted a few marigolds around in some pots, and um, so I was redoing some things, and I had a, a what I thought was a marigold come up. It kind of looked like a marigold, and it kept getting bigger and healthier and healthier. It never bloomed. When I grabbed it to pull it out, I thought this must be some kind of weed, <laughs> and then I noticed that the plant itself had a 
a reminiscent smell of a marigold. I won't yeah. say it smelled like a marigold, but it did have a nice smell when I touched it. So I stopped pulling it, and I thought, well, maybe it's going to get really big before it blooms, and I don't know what it is. It, so it will it I will get very big before it blooms, but you don't want it. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> <That's not right. laughs> I'm pretty sure that what you have is ragweed, because ragweed oh right now big, tall, three to five feet tall, doesn't have a very distinctive bloom on it at all. A little sort of spike at the top, and ragweed, as most people know, is a just a nuisance, and you get allergies from ragweed pollen. And oh, I'll wow. bet you that's what you have. Oh, wow, and that's terrible because I'm actually allergic to ragweed. <laughs> Pull it out. Get it out of there. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for calling, Vicki. No problem. We'll Bye. see you. We've got uh, Sharon and McDonough going back and forth and back and forth. We're getting lots of calls in. Hey, Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? I have a knockout rose that's dying, and I'm not sure if it's just old age or the drought. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was the red rosetta because I don't have any of the clusters of oh, good. That's the ring. But it does have a, some of the branches have a lot of thorns on them. They're big, some yeah. small. Yeah. So before I destroy it completely, just wanted to know if it was just dying from old age. Hmm. Possibly. Although, you know what I see some people do is this, is yours real big now and sort of gangly and overgrown? It's about three or four feet tall, not so it's not big. too bad. Yeah. And I've still got a lot of green branches, but a lot of dead ones as well. During the cooling downtime in the fall, my observation is that knockouts that are pruned moderately, watered and fertilized, can come back and bloom in close to Thanksgiving, first week in November sometimes. So mm-hmm. my recommendation is go in with your hand pruner and some leather gloves and take out right. some of the interior branches, the ones that cross, the ones that have the dead uh, leaves on them, the stems that are brown, and take those out and then get some uh, any rose fertilizer, holly tone or anything like that, and uh, put it on them and water it in real good. And stand back and see what happens. And by mid-October, you may see some new growth. And by 1st of November, rose blooms. Wonderful, because I sure would hate to lose this one. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's rare to lose a knockout rose, other than to rose rosette disease. That's where you get Mm -hmm. disease problems. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Actually, do we have another Twitter question out there? Is the one coming up here? We sure do. Who from? I'm glad you asked. All right. Uh, we do have a couple of good Bermuda questions, but we'll go with Lee. Mm-hmm. Lee uh, tweeted, Ask Walter. And he said, The Bermuda lawn test shows very low phosphorus and a very high magnesium and calcium. So any ideas on the timing of fertilizer and, and when to fix this? All right. Number one, it's not all that often for there to be a low phosphorus number. And so I don't like having high middle numbers on the fertilizer bag and applying that willy-nilly everywhere. And I include 10-10-10 in that analysis because 10% phosphorus is just way too much for most landscapes who don't need much phosphorus added. Okay, he did a soil test. This is good. Lee was smart. He had his soil test done. He has low phosphorus. You can add some phosphorus if you have low levels, and it'll bring the levels up to where plants can, can thrive. 
And for him, maybe 10-10-10 is not a bad idea. Or there's a product that's nothing but phosphorus, zero forty six zeros. Triple superphosphate is the name for it. It doesn't take much of that. You might find a little bag at a nursery and just spread the phosphorus around the landscape and boost the phosphorus levels. As far as magnesium and calcium, there's not anything you can do to reduce their levels. And high levels don't usually mean anything more than the fact that adding more is not going to make any difference to your plant, so why add more? So he doesn't need to add lime, he doesn't need to add any Epsom salts, just maybe a little bit of phosphorus, and I think he'd be fine. Okay? When to do it? When to do it? Uh, just about any time. Fertilizer dissolves with rain, and so it doesn't go away if you don't water it in. So just water it in any time or fertilize any time before the rain. Thanks, thanks for that tweet. Again, that is following Walter at Walter Reeves and tweeting the hashtag AskWalter. It's 818. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much partly cloudy, 0% chance of rain. Highs today in the low 80s. Uh, excuse me, high 80s, right below 90. Partly cloudy with a chance, 10% chance of rain maybe tonight overnight. And the lows in the low 70s. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes here on your home with the dogs. Use 95.5 and 8M 750WSB. We've got Tom and Meretta who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tom, good morning. Nope, no, do, 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 wrong one. Let's try Tom. There he is. There's Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, good morning, Walter. Can you hear me? Yeah, I betcha. How can I help? Yes, I have this uh, large oak in the front of my yard, um, and compared to the other trees in the neighborhood, uh, the, the leaves are already, like, browning, hmm. uh, a couple of dead limbs. I'm concerned that it may be, um, uh, uh, I forgot what the disease is, the uh, scorch. Scorch, yeah. Oak scorch, uh, sure. Bacteria leaf scorch. What it is? Yeah, so that's pretty distinctive. That but if you look online, you can see pictures of oak leaf scorch. It affects oaks and elms and maples and sycamore and do probably two or three other plants too. But the way to tell if you have oak leaf scorch is that the dead margin of the leaf goes from the edges inward. But many times there's this little yellow band, and that's distinctive to me, the yellow band between brown and green on the leaf, that little yellow band that follows the progression of uh, death of cells on the leaf. And if you have oak leaf scorch, it's not really good news, Tom, because uh, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Um, it's a bacteria. If it is oak leaf scorch that you have, it's a bacteria. You can inject the tree with tetracycline, and that'll relieve symptoms for a year or two maybe, but uh, there's no spray that you can put on top of the tree on the leaves or anything. Sometimes all you really can do is water trees and hope for the best, keep them healthy as best you can, and hope that they can grow out of it. But if you want to go online, Tom, and just look for pictures of oak leaf scorch and look for that yellow line on your leaves, see if you see it. If you do... That's what you have. If you don't, maybe there's something else drought-related that was causing the edge of the leaves to turn brown. It's 827 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. Coming up in the next half hour, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery will give us the Pike Pick of the Weekend. It'll be a great, pretty plant, I'll tell you that. Gail and Woodstock will talk about the white spots on hydrangea leaves. Josh has roses that are growing in pots. Jason has lelands that are shaded by dogwood. Steve wants a ground cover for a slope. We'll answer those questions and many more in the next half hour of Lawn and Garden.
the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 835 and 69.4 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, the last half hour of Lawn and Garden. We end at 9 o'clock this morning. And the first thing, first order of business, of course, is to visit with Mickey Gazaway from Pike Nursery. Hi, Mickey. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? So where are you this morning? I'm at the West Georgia Native Plant Workshop. And we're learning about native plants. It is really, really, it's fun. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of real native plant people here, so I'm excited. You you refrain from saying native plant nerds, I know, but... Oh, <laughs> no, no, not at... Well, I guess that's what I am, but uh, no, there are a lot of very knowledgeable... Oh, my gosh, here. yes. That's the native good. plant people just slay me sometimes with their intense knowledge of plants oh, and know. identifying things out of the woods. I love them to death. And it's that's my weakness, because, I, you know, I know nursery stock but when it comes to native i sure. just learn every time i come around sure, sure. People, i love it well speaking of nursery stock we got to give people some savings That's this weekend right. so what is the pike pick of the weekend and this week it's a snapdragon oh what a beautiful plant what I a beautiful it. plant i just love them i just love them do you remember when i was a little girl I had an aunt that wrote a story for me about a little uh, a girl Let's see. A dragon named Snap stripped <laughs> to the fair. About a little girl named Nikki uh-huh. who took her tra- Snapdragon to the fair. I How love about that. How about that? <laughs> but, and Snapdragons are just one of my favorites because kids love them because they love to snap their little mouths. Yeah. And they're so pretty in the And box. they got so many I mean, colors, too. Yellow and oh, pink yeah. and red and every color in the world. You can put them out. Absolutely. And they're in tall ones and short ones mm-hmm. and... They're great plants, and the, er, the if you plant them in the fall, they'll go a lot longer than if you plant them in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I have found, and I don't know about you, but if I plant them in the fall, they'll go till it gets really cold, and then they'll kind of shut down, and then they'll come back up in the spring, and they'll go further into the summer. And even though it's dry right now, you can buy the snapdragons, put them in the ground. It will only be, what, two or three weeks maybe before things have really started cooling off. And so it will only take a little bit of water now to keep them alive, and then they'll be happy. And then October through December almost, they'll be blooming in the landscape. They look great. Oh, yeah. And they give you that sort of that English garden look. Yeah. You know, that spiky look. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And speaking of watering restrictions, remember that right now we don't have any other than the normal water restrictions, no watering between uh, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. during the day, but the rest of the day you can water. Landscaping is uh, is fine to do anytime other than between uh, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. So watering is fine. And yeah, and that, you know, that really makes sense anyway. Oh, so. sure. It just evaporates anyway. You're just wasting That's your water exactly during the hot right. part of the day. But uh, buying the right. Snapdragons 20% off, all you have to do, go to the cashier with a cart full of Snapdragons and a little bit of Sure Start fertilizer, of course, and maybe some soil amendment and say, hi, Mickey said the Snapdragons are 20% off, and that would be an awesome addition to the landscape. You got it. So, any classes, anything else I need to know about today, today at Pike? No classes. we got one next week, but we don't have any this week. Well, Mickey, enjoy yourself at the Native Plant Symposium in West Georgia. And if we wanted to find any Pike Nursery location, where would we go? Go to plant, 
go to pikenursery.com. <laughs> pikenursery.com. I'm sorry. I was thinking about plant. I was looking at the sign that says plant. Uh, pikenursery.com. All right. We'll see you next Saturday. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. See Bye. you then. It's 839 at News Talk WSB. By the way, if you want to contact or be a member, even attend meetings of the Georgia Native Plant Society, their uh, website gives you all the details. It's gnps.org. GNPS.org. Great people at the Georgia Native Plant Society. Let's go to uh, Steve over in Sugar Hill. And Steve joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Uh, I've got a uh, kind of a grade on the right of my driveway that goes the length of the driveway all the way behind the house. And it's yeah. about 10 feet high. And it's about a 40 to 45 degree angle. Oh. And, and uh, yeah, I know. And I've been putting uh, pine straw about every year, year and a half on it, which gets kind of expensive. And it washes down to the bottom, too. And yeah, and, it, and I want some, I'm looking for a good, quick-growing ground cover that looks, you know, pretty nice. Uh, and really, on my research on the web, I've come across, it. I think it's called Creeping Jenny. Yeah, Creeping Jenny. Uh, is that pretty good? Pretty ground cover, but 45 degrees is awful steep, Steve. Well, maybe it's closer to forty or thirty-five, but it's—I can walk up it, but it's really tough to walk up it. I think you're going to have trouble. Creepy Jenny is a great ground cover, but I think it's more for flat land and maybe a slight bit of slope on it because it's not really deep rooted. And I think any kind of water coming down that hillside is going to wash it out of the ground. Um, you could use it still, but it would mean you'd have to terrace a little bit. You're going to have to put some brick or uh, landscape block or something across the face of the slope to level things out some before Creeping Jenny would be worthwhile there. Um, we know the typical things like um, juniper, uh, so the blue rogue junipers and shore juniper, things like that. Um, I have seen success with people planting vines, real vigorous vines like uh Confederate jasmine and Carolina jessamine at the top of a slope and then training it sort of every spring they'll pull the vine down with the tendrils downward on the on the slope and they covered the slope in about two years I guess with these vigorous vines by planting at the top and just training them to grow down rather than up like they want to that took a little bit of effort but not a whole lot it was pretty when they bloomed in the in the spring um, what, what were they called uh, Confederate jasmine is one vine okay Carolina jessamine is a yellow flowering vine, the other one I was thinking about. Uh, Asiatic jasmine is a possibility. And another one, come to think of it, I've seen this on a pretty good slope too, is winter jasmine. Winter jasmine is a green-stemmed uh, perennial shrub, I guess we'd call it, very, very uh, loose, arching stems. And it has pretty yellow flowers in the spring. And I've seen it on a close to 40, 35 to 40-degree slope over in where? Over near Piedmont Park, in front of somebody's house over there. And I thought, well, that'd be a good cover. So Asiatic Jasmine, think about that. Or okay. Winter Jasmine, think about that. I see a lot of Jasmines and Jessamines here, but, um, you know, I think you'd have some choices in there that cover the slope, but probably not Creeping Jenny. Okay. Well, appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Steve. Thanks for calling. Thank We've got uh, Jason is in Ackworth and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jason, good morning. Hey. Hey. How you doing today? All right. What's up? I have a row of Leland cypresses, and next to this this row of cypresses is one dogwood tree. Yeah. And it's shading the cypresses so much that it's killing the bottoms of them. Oh, man. And my wife doesn't want to cut the dogwood tree down 
and I think that's the only option we have, unfortunately. Is there anything else we can do? Uh, how far apart are the Dogwood and the Leland's? Um, probably about eight feet. Okay, and so the sun as the sun travels across the sky, and so the dogwood is shading the bottom of the Leland's, and that's where the brown needles and all is occurring, right? Yep, and the the, the dogwood spreads out the, at the base of the dogwood. It splits off, splits off into three separate trunks, yeah. and I, because it splits off that way, it's got such a wide canopy uh-huh. that it's just it's it's massive. You know what I would do? I think consider doing. I would consider planting autumn fern there under the Leland's underneath the dogwood because autumn fern, number one, is green. Number two, it's evergreen. Uh-huh. Number three, it can grow in shade. Number four, it grows about two and a half to three feet tall, so it would cover a lot of that brown stuff at the bottom of the Leland cypress. Number five, it would make you and your wife happy together. I think there's a lot to go here on planting an evergreen autumn fern ground cover right there where the uh, Leland's are planted to just shade, just to, to screen the brown part at the bottom. That sounds like a great plan. Yeah. Win, 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 yeah, win, she, win. Yeah. Well, her biggest thing is she loves the blooms when the, when the dogwood blooms. Yeah, I don't blame her. It's uh, a flowers. gorgeous tree. If it's a healthy tree, you don't want to cut that down, for goodness sakes. But you need the screening of the Leland cypress, too. And so the key, I guess, on autumn fern is it really, really, really wants you and your wife to go out and dig a nice, deep, soft planting bed to put them in. Because if you have a nice, deep area that holds a little bit of moisture when it's hot in the summertime, the autumn ferns grow really, really well. Mine now are three feet tall. I've been growing in the same place for 15 years, probably. And uh, because okay. it's evergreen, you've always got something to look at. It's a pretty plant. So autumn fern, nice, big, soft bed and... Call it a day. Great. I appreciate that. All right, Jason. Y'all have fun. Autumn Fern. We'll see you soon. We've got it at 845. Whose turn? we got Josh in Dallas. Joshua, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, man. How's it going? I have mimosas and uh, Cherokee roses from clippings uh, planted in pots. Do I need to bring them in for the winter? No. Uh, I no. mean, how, how big are they now? I guess I should ask, Josh. The, the mimosas are... Maybe one's about six inches, and the rest of them are three or four inches tall. They were they were planted last spring, so they've been growing since then. Sounds to me uh, like they would have a pretty good root system at this point, and wouldn't need a lot of protection to the roots. You know what I frankly would do? Are they in small pots, or what? What are they growing in right now? Milk jugs. Individual one plant yes. per jug, yes. or like that. Yeah, I would take them out of the milk jug and make a furrow, as we call it, say in the country, a furrow, a ditch about three inches deep and about uh, six inches wide and four feet long. And I would plant those seedlings in the furrow, just one, two, three, four, five, six, and leave them outside. I don't think you're going to have any problem with freeze damage to the roots, but the furrow will protect them because you have the earth heat there, the soil's heat to protect the root system. And they'll be exposed to temperatures outside, which I think are going to be a lot healthier for roses and mimosa to grow in outdoor wintertime temperatures and bringing them indoors in anything other than a greenhouse. So I think you're safer to leave them outside in a more protected place, but I still think they would do fine outdoors. Okay. One more thing. Is there anywhere I can send you a picture of a flower that I found in the woods that I've never seen before? Absolutely. Josh, if you go to my website, WalterReeves.com, on the right-hand side, there's a button that says name that plant (laughs) all you got to do is uh fill out the form that says what's your name where'd you find this and upload the picture and bang bang boom 
Sounds good. There Thank you. Thanks for calling. It's 847 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. No matter what your plans are for today, it could be a great one. Great weather outside. High 80s is the highest this afternoon. You can garden this morning, some this afternoon. Go inside to cool off and listen to the Bulldogs. Pre-game show starts at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Otherwise, as I said, the highs today in the upper 80s. Not a whole lot of humidity outside. Lows tonight dropping down into the low 70s. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Don't forget, I'll be at the Family Tree Garden Center over in Snellville at 11 o'clock this morning. If you want to bring me your bugs and your weeds, and your problems and your garden questions, you can bring them to me at Family Tree Garden Center in Snellville. I'll be happy to entertain them and hopefully answer them while you wait right there. Gail is in Woodstock and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gail. Good morning. Good, good morning, Walter. Um, I planted two hydrangeas that I rescued from a nursery. Yeah. Good for <laughs> and, you. Because they were like, yeah, they were really bad and needed water. So I planted them about a month ago, and now I have black and white spots on the leaves. Wow. And some of the leaves are gone. I mean, they're like, the leaves are dying. Mm-hmm. The plant, mm-hmm. when I planted them, it's got new growth, new growth, which is really good. Yeah. But um, I Googled it, and it said to put neem, N-E-E-M, oil, you know, yeah. dilute it. Yeah. And spray that on there. And a copper fungicide. Is it in full sun, some shade? What kind of situation? Is uh, it in, yeah. Part sun, part shade. That's awesome. That's good. You know, part of this, scale, I think, is just simple figuring out what it's doing and living because it was dying when Gale got it. And yeah. it may just be going through a little bit of establishment stress where the roots haven't quite figured out how to take over hormonally making new leaves, making new growth, uh, getting the water they need, establishing themselves in the new environment and all that kind of stuff. My inclination is not to apply anything to it. You have it in the right spot. And as long as you don't let it dry out, I don't think I'd even fertilize it. I think I would leave that hydrangea alone and see what happens next spring because it doesn't sound like it's anything major other than maybe just some establishment stress. Okay, so you don't think it might be mites? or anything like that on it because that's it, it, it's a, a little betting man uh, the reason you pay me the big bucks here gail is because i bring experience to bear and my experience is probably not okay. this just doesn't sound like something that's a mite disease something to worry about kind of problem i think it's just all it's still young it's still just uh surprised to be alive i also added some of that soil um, additive mm-hmm. to change the color. Do you think that would have anything to do with it? Probably not, unless you really, really, okay. really over it. I don't think so. Yeah. So I don't think I'd worry about that either. Just leave it alone. Let's talk about it next spring. Call me next April or May and we'll talk about it then, Gail. It's 8.57 at News Talk WSB. I've had a great Saturday morning. Ashley Frasca produced the show, screened the calls, answered questions, and monitored my Twitter account for me. Scott Maxson chose the music this morning, kept us online, and kept us happy, which is the most important thing every Saturday morning. If you didn't get your question answered, go to WalterReeves.com. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest. Sign up for the newsletter. 
rather than that other than that we'll see you next saturday morning right here for another edition of lawn and gardens